You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Alan Chews is a novelist whose latest book is To Catch the Lightning. He's the book commentator for NPR's All Things Considered. Thank you for joining me, Alan. Pleasure again, Ray. Alan, uh, you chose some very interesting books to talk about uh, this week. We have two historical full-length poem narratives. Right. Um, It's interesting that both of these are published in the same month. Hmm. You know, Rita Dove's poem is about um, a... uh, a uh, mulatto uh, musician who uh, named named George Bridge Tower, uh, who was a 19th century violinist uh, and a friend of Beethoven's when he was a young man. And in fact, Beethoven dedicated a, uh, a sonata to him, which he performed for Beethoven uh, in in uh, Vienna. And then they had a falling out. It's unclear as to exactly why they had. And, and Rita Dove in her uh, Sonata Mulatica, which is her series of uh, uh, mostly lyric poems about this young man, uh, imagines the event because there's no real uh, evidence that it happened in, or, or what happened. Um, some remark he made to a woman uh, on whom Beethoven had his eye, and uh, Beethoven took his name off the sonata he had dedicated to him, and, and uh, Bridgewater uh, lived the rest of his life uh, Beethoven-less. <laughs> um, the, the, the poems, the short poems, begin with uh, Bridge, Bridge Tower as a young man and uh, take him through uh, his return to London after the incident with Beethoven. They're mostly uh, short takes, uh, mostly lyric poems. Whereas the and and there's a you know a, a lot of intentional anachronistic language. Um, so it's really Rita Dove's take on this guy as much as it is a, a way of imagining an historical figure. She she moves in in her diction. She moves in and out of uh, language uh, proper to the period and. Twenty-first century uh, parlance, whereas the the this other uh, book-length poem is called Shannon by uh, Campbell McGrath, who teaches down in Florida, is uh, you know a hundred-page uh, narrative based on this incident in the Lewis and Clark expedition. George Shannon, uh, sixteen days young, alone. <laughs> the youngest member of the expedition, a man named George Shannon, actually he's a kid. He was about sixteen when this happened wanders away from the expedition, and he's lost on the prairie for 16 days. And uh, and McGrath imagines his, again, without any evidence, uh, imagines what his time on that prairie was like. You know, there's all this emptiness, all this solitude, and all this nature. And uh, Shannon uh, wanders about. Uh, there's this kind of pattern to his day that you see emerging as you read, uh, he's curious in the morning and studies things. He looks at badgers and eagles and, and all these vast herds of buffalo during the day and scrounges for food and by evening uh, builds himself a little fire and uh, 
lapses into a kind of meditative lyric state, um, which is uh, so it's a rather lovely uh, combination of uh, the naturalist eye, a kind of putative naturalist eye, and uh, and this meditative condition that somebody lost in this vast American desert uh, would feel. Uh, let me read you some of this lyric. Here he is at night, like a finger drawing small round coins in a frosted over window pane of true glass. O mouth, O moon, O mother. So he's looking at the moon, then he goes into a memory of uh, school back in the East. And um, th- there's a, there a couple of pages uh, where all you see is the word buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> buffalo, 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 because there's there's a lot of buffalo there. And uh, he uh, just wanders about in them. He's got, here's his beginning of his take on this vast herd. Nature back then was very, very, I mean, it it was uninterrupted. It was a kind of threatening. Well, he's he's got this naturalist eye. Let me, let me, so he doesn't truly feel threatened. Let let me, let me read this. Mm -hmm. Beards of saliva, tongue, and forelock rustle in the grass of the buffalo gathering heavy stamp of hooves and bodies of the buffalo, fur thick with burrs of brome and sedgegrass, trumpet and bellow of the buffalo herds at dawn, roar and grunt in the horn light, glinting, hump rumble, herd wallow, gruff in the darkness, buffalo breathing in the dawn all around me, smell of the buffalo strong on the river breeze, black eyes wide as the western ocean, great herds of the buffalo all around me. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. And you go on for two pages of buffalo, buffalo, buffalo. Uh, herds all around me in the darkness. Buffalo in the dawn light, breathing, whispering, I am the buffalo god. I am the buffalo god. Behold my kingdom. So this is this young fellow gets a great education in, mm-hmm. in nature. And, uh, and he eventually reconnects with the expedition and... Uh, goes on his way to the Pacific. But there's just something really beautiful about the way in which McGrath recreates or really creates his uh, solitary uh, couple of weeks alone on the prairie. Um, it, it, it's a really rather beautiful testament to uh, to the prairie and to early America and uh, to this young man's uh, acuity, mental acuity, visual acuity. Well, it's interesting too to, to see the uh, <clears throat> to see poetry used to tell these kind of narrative length stories. It, 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 mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, both both of these poets have a tendency towards narrative, but I think both of them see that they could not possibly have written long prose books about these two figures. Um, so they focus on particular incidents, which. You know, lends more towards the lyrical than the narrative. Yeah, there's a there's a wonderful poem in the Rita Dove book. I, I'm going to take a moment and read it. It's right in the middle, and it's called Abandoned Again. Get under the sofa and go to sleep. As if the world could be soothed by a golden canopy, the sagging fringe of a day's deposits exerting its ghostly weight. Go, go to sleep and sleep in this room? Where your voice roughens to her tinkling denial, your sense commingling, rust and cinnamon, faded rose, into a shaggy pomander, you would force me to hang against my heart? Stay out of my way. 
No wish easier granted. I am off, then, to anywhere. Viotis, perhaps, or closer. The royal boudoir of the arabesques and flickering silks. Of music. Always music. Only music. Now can save me. Yeah, that's that's the world of uh, of her main character, the world of music, and Dove knows music very well, and and, it, and in moments like that, and in other poems, she really catches the the lively uh, oral nature, a u r a l, as we say on radio, of <laughs> of, of the experience. Um, and actually, there's music galore in this other other novel that I want to talk about. The song is you by Arthur Phillips. Which um, he, he, Phillips has written the great iPod, um, the great American iPod novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He releases the first American <laughs> iPod novel. He, uh, he's got this uh, character named Julian Donahue who makes commercials for a living, uh, kind of you know aging compared to most of the youth he wanders among in New York, and uh, he listens to all the old songs on on his iPod, and he says at one point early in the book, he says. Uh, when every CD he had ever owned sat nestled in the greatest of all human inventions, the iPod, dialed up and yielding to his fingertips tap, the songs offered him in exchange for all he had lost, the sensation that there was something still to long for, still something still approaching, and all that had gone before was merely prologue to an unimaginably profound love yet to seize him. Um, so this, the iPod leads him into a weird situation. His, his young child has died. His marriage is uh, blown apart as a result of the child's death. And he begins uh, basically stalking uh, a, a talented young Irish singer, a woman named Kate O'Dwyer, who, whom he hears one night when he wanders into a bar. Uh, and uh, the whole novel is about his tracking of Dwyer, and she responds, and they have a kind of courtship by, without ever meeting. Uh, I won't, don't want to give away what happens, but uh, it's, it's really the novel of, of our time in that it, he uses every kind of electronic device to get to know her and to make himself known to her, and she responds back, you know, iPod, email, telephone, uh, you know, Instant answering machine. Answering machine. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that this is a novel where this kind of technology is seen not as an alienating uh, factor, but as a, a connecting factor. Yes, that's an interesting point. It's the only thing that keeps him uh, connected to the world. That's, I guess that's why the iPod for him is life itself. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful character study. And, uh, and I... I you know, it took me a while to get into it, but but I was rather taken with it by the by the end. I mean, you know, maybe somebody should read it with an earpiece, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it it's a lot of fun. It's interesting, and uh, it, it really creates uh, the effect of these technologies on a whole generation. And also, it, he manages to draw a little bit on his Jeopardy experience as well. Well, that's, yeah, the character's brother uh, goes on Jeopardy and then creates this incredible, embarrassing uh, sequence, a moment on Jeopardy when he uh, he uh, makes this completely gratuitous uh, anti-Semitic remark and creates this huge scandal. So, um, yeah, this, this this book is is is. It's a lot of fun. 
and people should uh, turn their iPods off and, and read it. And, and uh, read uh, these books of poetry, because I think, to, to my mind, you know, if this Read a Dove book or, or Shannon, if they piled those out with the with the novels, I think people would pick them up and find that poetry is really an interesting way to read a, a narrative story. It's it's a <clears throat> it's a lot uh, more enjoyable than than and similar to reading a novel than you might expect. Yeah, you know, if you get if you have the right poet and the right subject. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't know that I'd want to read, say, uh, Charles Bukowski uh, at length <laughs> no. on any any, any subject. <laughs> he does well, you know, with lyric gulps about booze and, and sex. I've been speaking with Alan Shoes. His new book is "To Catch the Lightning." Thank you for joining me, Alan. My pleasure, Rick. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.